All right, welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast 2021 NFL Season Preview. This is my favorite episode of the year. I get really pumped for it. We are going to be picking award winners, which just went up on the GTD Sports website for the whole staff of GTD. Make sure you go check that out on gtdsports.com goingthedistancesports.com and also you can find the link on the Twitter page we got a big episode today we're going to be picking award winners in every NFL episode every NFL over under I should say but Jack it's just good that football is back it is always always good that football is back and we know we just talked about all this stuff on the college football podcast a week ago, we talked about it yesterday on the College Football Slash A Bunch of Other Things podcast, our normal episode that was last night. And now here we are again with some NFL coverage, our debut NFL coverage episode of our GTD Sports Journey. And our I think this is our third one we've done. Or um, Actually, no, it's just our second because we started in October in 2019. So uh, just our second one on here. So we are absolutely thrilled to get things started on this NFL preview and what was quite the exciting season. Last year was our first full season covering it absolutely top to bottom uh, with all of our recaps, the previews, everything. And so very exciting to get here on this next one. But I got a lot of good stuff written up on here, what we can do. But the first thing, just like we did with college football, first thing is the biggest thing going on with anywhere in the world. And that is, of course, COVID-19 and how that's going to affect the NFL which is not fun, I know, but it is the most important thing going on for it. So just like what the Big Ten came out and a few other conferences in college football, if you cannot play a game due to COVID cases, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and will get a loss. So no more rescheduling all that, no more redoing that. If you have that out, you're done. Um, After that, every team is planning for 100% attendance at the moment. Uh, No vaccine requirement for NFL players, but vaccinated players only need to get tested every two weeks and do not need masks in NFL facilities. I bet that's probably changing now um, due to different areas. For example, I would bet that a NFL player probably in New York or for San Francisco would probably be very different than maybe what the Jaguars would do. Um, And then as of July 27th, and these are very outdated numbers, so I hope you have some better ones, but as of at least late July, about 84% of all players are vaccinated and 27 teams were above 85 percent um atlanta have, i actually have the updated numbers on this yes so what are the up yes this, love, is no, Lindsay jones. this is via Lindsay jones from the athletic um as of yesterday uh as of wednesday morning uh 93.5 percent of players are vaccinated um which is actually nearly identical she notes uh to the uh, vax rate before the rosters were cut down to 53 plus the 16 on practice squad. Um, 17 teams are over 95% vaccinated, and that includes the two at 100%, as you were saying, which is the Falcons. And what's the other one? The uh, I, is it the, the box? Yes. Oh, that is true. That's true. That was very recent. Um, the, the Falcons have actually had it for quite some time. Uh, the other one was a little more recent, but, um, but yeah, it's nice to see those numbers finally getting up. And uh, some teams like, I guess now Falcons, Bucks, uh, uh, oddly enough, the NFC South looks like they'll be uh, hopefully at least sitting um, a lot easier 
throughout the season, not having to worry as much about that. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, the Raiders are the uh, first team in the NFL to require vaccine cards to get tickets to games. I would be pretty surprised if the Bills, Jets, Giants, 49ers, Rams, Chargers, all those teams did not follow in this. I haven't actually checked the update on that, if that is accurate yet, but I would be pretty surprised if those teams did not also require vaccine cards, Uh, especially being around here, living in New York now. It's a lot of places, at least um, in busier areas in New York, especially in the city, do require that. Now, of course, both of the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey, not New York. So that may be a little different uh, versus the Bills that are in the state, but obviously way upstate and far away from New York City. So we'll see where that ends up going with those teams. But obviously, any major updates will be quickly released and we'll get on that. Uniforms and logos. We had a ton of these to go through last year. Remember, there were seven different teams that had uh, brand new looks, looks, including my Falcons. Uh, which I'm actually not wearing today. I'm wearing the throwback one with the old Falcon logo and, of course, my old player, Julio Jones, which uh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome both, for getting we're that. We're both wearing <laughs> Titans players' jerseys today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> you know, it's just, it, I'm not sad that it, the whole thing – I just – it's the whole way it happened was just depressing. But either way, the, the new – I blame Shannon Sharp personally. He totally, he, no, he did blow that. That was very Thank you, Shannon Sharp, for letting us rob Julio Jones. Uh, the end of the day, as much as I love him, his contract was very large. He is aging and he was injured. So I, I understand it to a degree. I, that may be he's me played, just. He's played above, I think, 13 or 14 games every year of his career, except for two, including last year. But yeah, the last couple of years have not been the best for Julio Jones' health. And that's, I've watched it. And again, I, I think he could be great in the system. I obviously wish the absolute best for him, both as a man and as a player I like. So. That won't matter, but and again, obviously, it's not like he went to the Saints or anything, so it'd be easy to still cheer for him. Um, of the new uniforms and logos, the big one that people were really waiting for was Cincinnati because their uniforms were horrific, and we finally got to see some new ones, and they're pretty nice. Uh, black, orange, and white combo. The striped helmet, thankfully, is the exact same. No change on that, and I actually think they look really nice. I think for the Bengals, they look good. I think it's simplified. I think it normally looks NFL. You didn't need to go crazy on it. They do need the white and black um, striped helmet, which I think will come when the new helmet rule gets gets disallowed finally. But I I just I think any uniform with tiger stripes needs to be banned and thrown into the pits of hell. Well, then what do you suggest they do? Just be the Browns? <laughs> Anything not involving like large amounts of tiger stripe animal print on your uniform. Animal print and don't... football don't work. I mean, looking at it right now, which actually, just to talk about it, now that we have video, we can pull it up because I think that may be more helpful for this. But um, if we want to go ahead and pull it up, I'll have it right here on the screen. But looking at sort of what this will look like, we'll see Bengals new uniforms. We'll take a look. If you want to try and share your screen, there you go. See, the new uniforms... I don't think that looks bad. I think if you see that all white look with Burrow, if you make that kind of black and white striped helmet, that's a really nice uniform. I think that's a nice uniform. Even this with the orange, I don't think that looks that bad. And the Bengals, just the normal Bengals in the center. With the old Bengals, the B logo looks so bad in the middle. Now it's just that black text or just the orange text. I think that orange and black can be a good color combo, and I think that can work well. So I'm not – I'm not – Anti that. I think that could that could work out. But um, uh, next up on this list was then San Francisco, which uh, this one, 
I think is that same thing they've been doing really well, but trying to update it a little bit with this sort of block lettering. I think this looks really nice with the shadow box with the, Oh, I, I really like this. And then if you look at the other one, they did with the white ones too, that combo together. I think it looks great. Oh, I'm a big I, fan yeah, miners uniforms are fantastic. It's a, yeah, this is, sure. this is an absolute classic look. I think it's very, very nice. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I think it looks pretty cool. So um, next up on that list, we have Cleveland, which got the new white 1946 jerseys with the new dark brown numbers and the orange shadow to the left, the inverse way of the 49ers. And this one, I think it still looks pretty nice. I think that it's a better look for them. I was a fan of it. I mean, it's nothing too special because it's, you know, the Browns, but I think it's a pretty nice throwback to, to the old 1940s. I love the 1946 patch that's on the side. I think it's not a bad look. I think there are a lot of hits this year in terms of um, who was getting what kind of uniforms. Yeah, I like the orange shadow on those. I like the orange trim. It's a nice touch. Uh, next up, second to last, we have Green Bay, who got a new throwback jersey, which I only mentioned this one because it is very uncommon that the Packers get any kind of new uniforms, as we know they still haven't switched over to the main Nike template that all the other teams um, use. They ha still have an old like model of jerseys, basically. And they these have, ones... Well, um, they have the old... Just to clarify, they have the old Reebok jerseys. They're still using them. They just mm -hmm. put the Nike logo on them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that they're still after all these years doing it. And so this one is an all green with uh, yellow lettering on it. And it looks eerily like Baylor's uniforms, which I'm not um, obviously a huge fan of, as we are very biased against that. And I'll actually um, pull up that right here. As you all can see, it, um, it it's it's just it's kind of it's just Baylor's uniforms. And I'm <laughs> and me again, being biased with that, I'm not particularly in love with it. But obviously, these look very nice and what they normally do. But it's just I. Maybe I'm just too biased for it, but I like not it. exactly. I think it's a nice touch. I think it's a nice touch for a team that never does anything with their uniform. No, and that's, that's for I'm just being anti-Baylor and annoying, so that's my only thing. And then next up and lastly, which this one, thank the Lord, they did. The Rams finally got a uniform that isn't just the bone anymore. It's an actual oh. white uniform that looks so much better and i'm going to pull up a picture right here and it has the comparison and look how much better that looks on the far right so much better it looks the so bone, much better the bone was the so bone weird so bad it looks stupid and they have this in that terrible. uniform that one on the far right is that's what a good rams road uniform should look like so no i'm i'm a big fan of it i think that's a great look for them i i'm i'm very happy with that so I'm, I'm all fan, but that's all the new uniforms, at least with this year. Um, and now we can move on to just go over a little bit of our player retirements. few big guys going retiring here. Uh, some very, very big names in the NFL um, hanging up their hats. Probably the two biggest names out of all of this are Phillip Rivers, the quarterback, obviously a long time with the Chargers, and then a little bit in Indianapolis. And then Drew Brees, um, a long, long, long time rival of the Falcons, of course, with the Saints. Um so, yeah, I, I certainly respect Drew Brees and everything he's done. I think that his career objectively, um, regardless of my opinions on the Saints, I think that his career objectively is one of the finest careers in the history of football. And I think if you talk about who is some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in terms of individual accolades and statistics, Drew Brees has to be in that conversation. And after looking at, 
at it and releasing the numbers, they do. And yes, he doesn't have the best team accomplishments and never did get an MVP, which are two big knocks against that. But it's very obvious that he's still walking in the Hall of Fame and has a, a ton of a ton of ton of ton of things that are all time records that he'll be remembered forever for um, first time in the NFL. So love to see him leave as an opponent, but um, very much respect his game and what he's brought to the NFL over the last basically two decades at this point. And uh, other guys here are Jason Witten, who is, sort of went unretired and retired again. Uh, Greg Olson, the longtime tight end, finally hung it up. Uh, Mike and Maurice Pouncey, both centers, uh, one for the Chargers, one for the Steelers. Matt Schaub, the longtime backup quarterback in Atlanta, who have gotten um, very close to loving Matt. The, one of the many Matts, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, Matt Bryant. And out of those three, only one remains. Um, Alex Smith. Quarterback, of course, the comeback player of the year for Washington, which kind of made sense why he then hung it up. An older guy, which, of course, the devastating injury coming back from probably not going to play a ton on that after. Sean Lee finally retires from Dallas. And then Julian Edelman, a player who I'm not a colossal fan of on the field um, for obvious reasons, as wide receiver in New England, uh, finally retired as well. So lots of big names going off and retiring. Very interested to see who will hang it up after this season uh, because I think there are a lot of guys that maybe could, maybe couldn't. Uh, interesting to see what they end up doing. But on the opposite end, there are a lot of guys coming into the league that could be a whole lot of fun to watch. Top rookies coming in. And this, mind you, this conversation is not about rookie of the year, but just about who are some rookies that we're really excited to look forward to watch. The big names and the obvious names are some of the quarterbacks here. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. But are there some other guys in here you think could be very interesting watches? Again, not necessarily rookie of the year, but just some guys that we think could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Mac Jones. Because he's only, I mean, two of the guys you just mentioned are not guaranteed to start before, you know, mid-season. Uh, I definitely see, think we'll see both Justin Fields and Trey Lance at some point this year. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be early in the season. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be the starter for the New England Patriots from day one, uh, which is a really interesting thing to watch because I don't think we've really ever seen Belichick with a rookie quarterback since Tom Brady. Which is kind of a wild thing to think about, really. Yeah, and and I mean, you know that one of my betting principles is always bet against the rookie quarterback playing against Bill Belichick because he's just going to make their brain go in circles on defense. It's interesting to think maybe that could play to Mac Jones' advantage here. No, it really could. I think that's um, going to be an interesting thing to watch with a Patriots team that's in a uh, all of a sudden pretty competitive in uh, AFC East, a division that we've ragged on for a while as being one of the ones where it was just sort of the one team on top and nobody else. And now, of course, the Bills are going to be your headliner team here. But then you have the Dolphins, who I actually have a good amount of faith in, given that their defense did help win a lot of games for Tua, but Tua still went six and three. He still had decent statistics. I'm not going to say he was some kind of bust. He wasn't. If you look at the stats of it, he wasn't. He wasn't all some kind of all pro or anything, but given how well he played and given how little the Dolphins lost on the other side of the ball, and we'll get to the team previews later, but the AFC East is an entertaining uh, division this year, and I think that the Patriots could make a little bit of noise, at least with Mac Jones. I just think there are a lot of question marks on that team, but I do really enjoy what Mac Jones could end up bringing. I think it was very interesting seeing how Cam Newton was cut. I'd be pretty shocked if this is the end of Cam Newton. There's got to be somebody that's going to want to pick him up. 
Somebody else has to pick him up. I- I'd be pretty surprised if nobody else touched him. Have you watched the last year and a half of Cam? You're still saying he's worse than every backup in the league? Maybe not every backup, but I mean, do you what's his price tag at this point? That's what that's what you gotta Which, figure out. That's and that's the question, yeah. Because if it's gonna be too high and he's gonna pull the move of, well, I'm worth XYZ and make himself get pushed up for that, then uh and I mean maybe, he maybe honestly, not he honestly looks about as good as some bottom tier backup quarterbacks. I'm not impressed with Cam Newton. I don't. I really am just done with him as far as uh, as far as playing. Well, starting is different. Too. Is I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him starting anywhere. I just. It's even as a backup. I think he could be useful, but I just. I wouldn't have him starting, which we kind of got proved over the last year. Um, looking ahead a little bit, here's where a lot of the interesting talk can come in. Looking at the award watch list who's going to win any of these awards i actually don't know um and i'll have to probably tweet it out at some point or look into this what our stats were on this last year and how many of these we got right or even if we did get any right but did we pick a totally sure. last year i could have sworn we did i really thought we did but well, i can um, go back and look at it we can take a look at it, but at least for this season, obviously there are a few of these that are nearly impossible to predict, some of which that may be not too hard to predict, and uh, we just got a lot of wild cards. So for Coach of the Year, first one, I think there are a bunch of guys that could be in a great running for this one. Um, Kevin Stefanski won it last year with Cleveland. I think it'd be really difficult to win that again, just simply because you'd have to improve even more on that, and that'd be pretty difficult to do. Um, Sean McDermott for Buffalo would definitely is in the running as well. And Sean McVay for the LA Rams is in a great position here, given how much the Rams are expected to rise. Um, but I have another guy on this list that I think wasn't talked about on this part. And that's Brandon Staley with the LA chargers. And I get that that's a big risk. Cause this rookie debut as a coach, I get as a, at least head coach in the NFL, that's a risk. But I think with what position the Chargers are primed to shape up to be, and actually I think that's a big point of the AFC West being a lot better this season overall. I'm really excited to what, for what he can bring to the table. He's another year coming into Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler's primed to have a solid season. you got some good wide receivers. Your defense is improving. I think this could be a breakout year for Staley. I think it's possible for him to get into big thing here. I think there are a bunch of coaches in the running. Obviously, this is a very difficult award to predict, but I think that he could end up getting this. I'm going to go with Vic Fangio. And just to offer a little preview um, of, of what's to come in our over-under section, I'm not low on this Denver team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go, you know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6 as a double digit win team, but I think their chances to get to nine wins and maybe sneak into that wild card spot, maybe catch a 10th win somewhere along the way, I think there's a high chance of that because their defense is going to be really, really good this year. Um, Patrick Sertain looks like rookie of the year material, defensive rookie of the year material, that is. Um, they've got Bradley Chubb uh, as well as Von Miller uh, on both sides of that pass rush. And I just think this is going to be a really solid defense this year. They've done a lot of good work building up that defense. We know Vic Fangio um, is a good defensive play caller and a good defensive coach. So if they can get enough out of Teddy Bridgewater and enough out of Javante Williams and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant on that offense – 
which now that I'm saying it doesn't sound that bad. Um, if Teddy can get the ball to those guys, I think this could be um, a very surprising year for the Denver Broncos. So I'm picking Vic Fangio as my coach of the year. I'm, I, I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This season's AFC West is going to be a really difficult division to win. And I know the Chiefs are going to yeah, be favorites and they Raiders. deserve to be favorites. Yeah, they, yeah, well, yeah. But it's really hard to have a division. <laughs> well, but, I mean, there's only maybe one division that you could say right now is top to bottom pretty solid. If you include everyone, there's maybe one division that I would say you could argue. Yes, and that's the NFC West, of course. Yeah, and I think that the second best in terms of a full top to bottom is probably the AFC is the AFC West. I think you could argue that because I would think the Raiders are still a better team than the Jets, the Bengals, the Jags. I mean, they're I would say they're better than them. So they're well, not too not bad. Not a very high standard. No, but that's kind of the point, I guess, with this <laughs> is that when you go top to bottom. Bottom teams are going to be pretty terrible. So there's got to be someone that's the least terrible of the terrible. So uh, up next, then we're looking at MVP. This has been um, a pretty interesting award to witness over the last few seasons. And with this one, I'm going to have to go with a pick that is a, a very good favorite pick. I think it's a somewhat safe pick, but I really do believe in this. And I sure hope this happens for my fantasy's sake. But I'm going to go with Josh Allen here. I think the Bills are primed to have a big breakout year. I think that they are ready to go to get back into Super Bowl contention. They only were a few games away last year. I think they're going to be in a great, great spot for it. And I think Allen has all the tools that he needs to get himself to that level. And I think no matter what, he's going to have a very good season, even if he doesn't win MVP. I'm very confident on him having an MVP caliber season, whether he wins it or not is, of course, uh, up to what we'll see. But I think he's going to have a huge breakout season, and I can't wait to see it. I almost put Josh Allen on here. I love Josh Allen for this season. Uh, I think he's going to pick up right back where he left off last season. But then again, last season still wasn't good enough to actually win the MVP. Uh, I think I think Josh Allen is going to have a Russell Wilson type of career where the MVP just kind of eludes him. Uh, but he wins a lot and puts up good stats. But yeah, he I can, that's and possible. He gets good stats, but the MVP award just kind of eludes him. Uh, that's just a random prediction that Breeze I have. Breeze too, I guess. Breeze but too. I have Dak Prescott winning the award. That's a bold pick. That is a bold pick. But you know what? Through like, I don't know what the exact stat was, but like halfway through the season last year, and mind you, Dak got hurt in like week five. Dak still had more passing yards than half of the teams in the NFL. Oh, no. I And as I've said, because, I mean, I'm the one who I picked up Dak in his rookie season in, like, last round of fantasy, and everyone called me crazy, and I still had him, and he ended up blowing up even that season the year after. Like, I've been a Dak fan since day one, uh, mother being Mississippi State grad. I've watched him in college. Huge Dak guy, even though I'm not a big Cowboys guy, but love, love Dak. And I have him later in this list of awards, but – I, I, it's just tough to see this as an MVP season. I get that he has the weapons that he needs to have to get off a big season. I get that he has an offensive line that is able to protect him good enough for him to be able to do what he wants. I get that the defense is actually bad enough where he probably can get the offensive time back that he needs to get big plays, which I guess if you want to make a silver lining out of that, you can. But it's I think that that is possible in terms of a pure statistic game if you're going to play that, of him just airing it out, doing his thing. We saw how Zeke got worse last year and didn't really do much, especially even when Dak was gone, which is what worried me and why I was against having anything to do with him in fantasy. But it's 
I think he could have a big year, and I think that most improved player is his to lose. But I'm, I just, I don't know if I'm sold on MVP yet. But I'll be interested to see how he gets on that list. I and I'm actually very high on Zeke this year. I love this Cowboys offense this year. This offense is going to be unstoppable. The question is the defense, as always with the Cowboys. And that's fair. And that's true. And that's what's going to see if they're going to get anywhere in the playoffs. Because should this team make the playoffs, they should be at least contention for it because we know that the NFC East is – I don't think it'll be as garbage fire as last year. But the Eagles will be as garbage fire as last year. But I think that – there, there's. It should be the the best team in this in this division. I think could have a winning record. I mean, that shouldn't be a shocking take. I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as last year. But I'm skipping ahead. But it's. I think they'll improve on that end. And yeah, the Cowboys should be in solid place to win this division. But I don't know. I I, I think that that could be an interesting thing to watch. Defensive Player of the Year: uh, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Bosa brothers. Lots of big big players on this list for what they could do. But for me, I am tired of doing anything against picking against anything, not just saying Aaron Donald. So I'm just going to go on that end because this Rams team is going to be far improved. The defense was unreal last year. They're going to be very good again. If he's healthy and ready to go, I don't see who's stopping him. And on the GTD site, I had Jair Alexander because that's what I think of the Packers this year. I think they're going to be really, really solid. Uh, we saw Stephon Gilmore end up with Depoy uh, a couple years back. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to agree with you and go Aaron Donald because he is the best defensive player in football. And if you want to pick against him, do so at your own risk. That's why I'm not bothering. Uh, Comeback player of the year. I think we kind of had this one uh, pretty easily picked. Dak Prescott, um, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Burrow. There are a few other names in this that uh, could be in the running, but I think Dak's got the best odds for it. I think pretty obviously you would agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, Offensive rookie of the year. Uh, This one and defensive rookie of the year are so hard to pick, uh, pretty obviously, because we don't really know how any of these guys are actually going to do come game time. But I'm going to make a little bit of the easier pick here, and I'm going to stick with Trevor Lawrence. I know that the uh, Jaguars don't have a ton of stuff to work with, but I do think that that Trevor is good enough to make an impact there and be solid enough, and so I'm going to be a little more confident in him and go ahead and go with Trevor on this list. Well, first off, nothing against Trevor Lawrence, but everything against Urban Meyer as a coach. Um, I that's no, it's fair. This is not going to be a good Jacksonville Jaguars team. I am not convinced. I've been saying it for months. I'm not convinced that Urban Meyer is going to be even a decent head coach in the NFL. We all saw what happened when Nick Saban joined the NFL. Um, you could Mac, Mac Jones could be potentially in the running for this as a dark horse with what Bill yeah. could do. No, I agree. And he was actually second on my list when I was kind of making. Yeah. You know, who he was I high on mine here. I had Mac Jones up there for sure. But I think the answer here is Najee Harris. Because if you look at who's going to be the biggest part of their offense and have a chance for success as a team, I think Najee Harris is the clear favorite here. I mean, we had I would have had ETN up here too uh, because ETN, uh, obviously, before he got hurt, I think was going to be a huge part of that offense. But I think Najee Harris is going to get so many touches this year based on the fact that we've seen what dynamic backs like him can do in the Steelers' backfield, namely Le'Veon Bell, who was the hottest thing in fantasy for like three years running. 
when he was with the Steelers. And I think Big Ben is going to suck this year. I think Big Ben has been bad for like two years. I think Uh, he's going to be terrible this year. Throw him in the dumpster fire um, with the rest of the old quarterbacks that fall off a cliff at the end of their career. Uh, Big Ben's going to be bad this year, and Najee Harris is going to get the ball a lot because of that. I'm going Najee Harris. Uh, looking at defensive rookie of the year, this one tends to be um, a tougher one. I know last year wasn't crazy tough seeing how huge Chase Young was coming out of that draft, but this one a little harder. And I think Micah Parsons could potentially get it done leading the way in a Cowboys defense that desperately needs some help. And I think that also has a huge amount of room for somebody to step in and do something. And I think with a guy like Parsons, he could step in and fill that role. Um, and perhaps Sean Lee left. Uh, Jamin Davis for Washington and Jalen Phillips, edge rusher for the Dolphins. I think these guys are also some pretty good ones in the running here. But um, I may I may stick with Parsons here early on. I got Joe Tyron out of Tampa Bay. And this is a real dark horse pick, but Joe Tyron has been an absolute menace in training camp, in the preseason. Everyone in this Bucks organization uh, is really impressed with him. Um, football experts are also very impressed with the way that he's played. Um, and look, if he can get the snaps on the field, they have so much other talent on this defense that, you know, who's going to focus on the rookie as far as blocking schemes. I think that's going to open up a lot for a really talented kid in Joe Tyron out of Washington, but let's get to the headliner of this show which are the team previews. We are going to pick every single over-under win total in the NFL to review. Last year, I went 21-11. and 11. Jack went 17-5. and five. We both had winning records, which means you can trust us. Wait, 17-5? Uh, and five? Is that... 17-15. and 15. Okay, I was, like, I was like, that's not the same. Number. Okay. Did I say 17-5? and five? Yeah, that's I, I was like, wait a minute. 15 I was 21-11. Jack was 17-15. and 15. Only a four-pick difference there. Uh, but we both had winning records. You can definitely uh, trust us, he said, um, before we'll the season. <laughs> we got a uh, long way to go, though. We got a long way to go. But, but without any further ado, let's move on to the AFC East. Let's get right into it. The favorite to win the division are the Bills. Their over-under is set at 11. Jack, start us off. I am firmly on the over on this one. Firmly. I think that 11 wins. Because, again, the one thing to realize with all these picks, which makes it tougher, is that we get an extra game. So we get 17 times. You get 17 chances, not 16. So the one thing to understand with this is that's not saying winning 11 games in 16, but winning 11 games in 17 and I think for this Bills team, 11 wins would be a fairly lower bar, especially with, again, with that added game. That's the big key with a lot of these to understand. So with the Bills on that, I think they're going to hit that over, and I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I'm confident in that too, especially in this division. Um, not very high on the Dolphins, not very high on the Jets. And, I mean, look, I think this Bills team is just really good. And one thing that we have to take into account with these win totals is the extra game. Uh, do you really think that the Bills are going to lose more than six games in a 17-game season? I sure no. don't. 
Um, no. I'm going. I'm going firmly on the over here. Uh, but speaking of the Dolphins, they are next up on the list, and their win total over under is nine and a half. Jack, where are you going here? I'm going to go with the over only because it's nine and a half, because I think that they may win 10 again because they won 10 last year. They went 10 and six. And that was a team that went 10 and six with, again, a pretty solid defense that helped bail Tua out a bunch, but they didn't really lose anyone. They got Jalen Phillips. who's one of the headliners to win potentially defensive rookie of the year. They have again, Tua coming back another year of development. They have some solid guys at whiteout. They got Jalen Waddle who has that chemistry with Tua for this team. All I'm saying is that hitting the over is you get half a game worse. You go from 10 and six to 10 and seven, and you still hit the over. And for me, I don't really see how this team gets much worse this season, especially with the Bills still being the solid Bills. I get the Patriots will improve somewhat. The Jets are still the Jets. I, I just I don't see the Dolphins slipping down more than two or three games that would require them to get the under here. So I still think they're going to hit the over, albeit barely. And I went back and forth on this one. Uh, I was close to picking the over, but I'm going to pick the under here. Uh, and let me tell you why, because I'm a I'll believe it when I see it guy. If you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you've probably figured that out. Um, and I didn't see it from Tua. That's not to say that I don't believe in Tua. That's not to say that I don't have faith. That's not to say that, you know, the entire offense last year uh, was designed around Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has a very different skill set than Tua Tagovailoa. And he said, uh, Tua did, that he was not uh, as familiar with the playbook. So, because the playbook uh, is going to be more designed for him, he's had more time to be in it. I, you know, I believe in him, but this is a principal pick, and I am going under here, albeit barely. I'm calling nine and eight for them, uh, and I think they're going to be right in there with the Patriots. My thing is, in a division, I like to pick, with the exception of a few, I like to pick two overs and two unders. Uh, now, that is not necessarily grounded in any sort of uh, statistical fact. That's just kind of how I like to parse it out uh, because that's kind of how I see it uh, more often than not. I'm going to go with the Dolphins under here. Uh, I'm just not entirely convinced, and I'll believe it when I see it for Tua, uh, but right now it's it would be a shot in the dark for me to go over here. And I kind of did the inverse with that with the Patriots, where I think they're going to go the 9-8 and eight team. And that's why I had the under, because their line is actually the same. It's also 9.5. So at least to move on to the Patriots, I had that same kind of inkling where, yeah, they went 7-9 and nine last year. I think they're going to improve from 7-9 and nine from last year, getting rid of Cam, adding Mac. I think they're going to improve. Do I think they're going to improve a ton, especially with having to play, again, the Bills? They have difficult teams. No, but I do think they're going to improve. And I think getting two more wins on that is a very reasonable improvement in what they can end up doing. They still have to play a pretty good amount of decent opponents on their schedule. Looking ahead at it, they do have to play. I know the AFC South isn't that difficult, but you do still have to play. The Dolphins will be tough games. The Bills will be tough. They have to host the Titans and the Browns, um, as well as going on the road to the Chargers, host the Cowboys, uh, host the Buccaneers. A lot of home games in there, but also a lot of really difficult home games. So I think they're going to pick up a couple more wins, uh, especially noted because they play the Texans. So they get an extra win there. But uh, it still is a little bit tricky for me to pick this team too high. But, yeah, these two teams, I think, frankly, I would not be shocked at all if they were either one of these. These are pretty toss-up picks. 
Yeah, and I realize this isn't the Brady era anymore, but I'm just high on Belichick as a coach, and I think they went on a big spending spree this summer uh, in free agency. I'm taking the over for this team. I am a believer in Mac Jones in this system, and I think they are going to do the old-school thing that the Patriots do better than anyone else, which is run the ball and play defense. (laughs) <laughs> the two words you will hear the most out of my mouth on this show, run the ball and play defense and glide your way to 10 wins in a 17-game season. But so let's, let's think of a team who doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, let's think of a team who doesn't do that. Uh, it's going to be the Jets. Their over-under is six. Zach Wilson coming back. They brought in Corey Davis. Uh, but this is still a quite frankly, god-awful offensive line um, who is not going to give Zach Wilson time to do what he does best, which is chuck the ball all over the place. I am firmly under six wins for the Jets. And I like Robert Sala as a coach, but this team is just not there yet. But I do think they're on the way to get there. And that's why I still have them under here. But I don't think they're going to be a complete dumpster fire. And they were a dumpster fire last year. And I, I think it's going to be – I mean, that's two and four. When I say dumpster fire, I'm saying three or fewer wins. Or a team that was good and then dropped down to basically five or fewer. And given the Jets can't really drop much further, and they're not going to go winless. They're not going to win one or two games. I don't see that as being possible. But, I mean, even looking at their schedule games, I know schedules are big for this, but – they still have some tough games in here that I don't think they'll win at the Broncos Titans, but you still have some that are a little easier. You have the Bengals at home. You have the Texans on the road. You, you have a little bit of games so that maybe people work around. You have the Jaguars at home too. And if you win those three games that are against teams that are still pretty bad, that's still improving from last year. So yeah, I think that they can still improve from last year. I still think this team is definitely better than the Texans and arguably around the Jaguars, even Bengals level, but those are three games against three terrible teams. So if you're the Jets and you can't nab a little bit of some of those, then I'd be pretty sad. But I think at least with a few of the changes they could have in here, they could do a little bit better than two wins. Won't be more than six, but I think they'll do a little better. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. I, I think six is high for this team. I definitely Before. think they will be improved from last year, but that's not a very high standard to meet no. <laughs> by any means. No, and it's not that I don't like Zach Wilson. It's not that I don't like Robert Sala. I'm a believer in both of those guys. I think they're going to have fine NFL careers, but this is not the year for the Jets uh, to finally get over the hump of a single-digit win total. <laughs> and lastly, we have our division champion we'll pick in this one. Um, I think there are a few divisions that are harder to pick than others, but I think throughout, honestly, the whole AFC conference, it's pretty top-heavy division-wise. And I think that's still going to ring true here. I think the Bills are still the definite top team in this in this division. I actually did see that Stephen A. projected the Patriots to not only win this division, but be the fifth best team in the NFL by the end of the season. So if you want to have some interesting takes, that's that's one. I'm but, not um, there yet. Uh, I don't believe that because uh, it is September 9th. And, and maybe if it's de- like December 9th, I may believe that considering the hype. But I'm still going to go with the Bills and pick them pretty solidly and confidently here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not stepping off of the Bills by any means. I got the Bills as well. Next up, we have the AFC West. Always a fun division to go look at, but one that has not been crazy competitive for the last few years. But I think that that's going to change this season. Um, I like a lot of the teams 
that are going on in this division. And starting off, we have the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at 12 and a half um, as their over under line. And last year, mind you, they went 14 and two, cruised their way back to the Super Bowl. But they got some they got some tough games in here, which is why I I may be a little bit wavering on my um on my overpick, and I might actually change that to under with twelve wins, only because they have to ho- host the Browns, go to the Ravens, uh, host the Bills, go to Washington, go to Tennessee, host the Packers, host the Cowboys, and host the Steelers, and those are all teams with potential to beat them. And there's still a lot of teams in there that I'm not a super but, I mean, and then the Chargers games aren't easy wins anymore. The Broncos games aren't easy wins anymore. So, now the Bengals on the road will be. I think the Raiders will be. There, there are a few in the year, like the Giants. I mean, they got a few in the Eagles, too, that aren't particularly that difficult. But that's a lot of games for them to run away with. And I don't know if they're going to have that. Now, the one key with this is they do basically have the same team coming back again. They have a lot of guys come back. A lot of this team is still intact. The offensive line was reworked and fixed a lot from last season, which is a big thing, even though there are a lot of guys haven't had a ton of snap experience on that, which is a problem. But uh, this is a team I could easily see winning 12 or 13 games. I It's hard for me to see them coming back crazy from that. But, yeah, I may switch to the under on here um, and and ride with that simply because I think that they may, get a, they may end up getting 12. I just think this division is a lot more competitive. I wasn't really aware of the fact beforehand that their schedule is so difficult. Playing the AFC North is never that easy, especially now. So I think that's made it a little bit trickier for this Chiefs team. Look, here's the thing. They're starting two rookies on the offensive line, and I realize that – and and uh, basically a rookie, a uh, COVID rookie in Lucas Niang who opted out last year. Shout out, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, go Frogs. Go Frogs. Um, that being said, they are bringing back most of their weapons. However, no Pat Sherman this year. Uh, that's an underrated, uh, an underrated loss for them. Uh, they do keep Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which is going to, I mean, that's just going to be a recipe for success every time. But with Miko Hardman as your wide receiver too, I'm not entirely convinced that if a team is able to take Kelsey or Hill out of the game, that they're going to have other places to go necessarily. Um, and that being said, I don't like their defense that much either. I mean, this has been a pretty average defense for years, but with their uh, cornerback situation, I mean, look, you've got Anthony, uh, sorry, not Anthony Hitchens, Charvarius Ward, Legarius Sneed, who I actually like. Um, and then you've got Mike Hughes coming in. These are all not great corners. And what have we seen from teams with not great corners? They don't play great defense against the pass. And this is a division that is going to air that MF out this year between the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. So you've got eight games, six games guaranteed in your division where your cornerbacks are going to be up against it all game. And look, it's not that I don't think the Chiefs are going to be good. I actually think they're going to be right around 12 wins. But I just don't know if the 12 and a half, maybe it's Chiefs fatigue. Maybe we're all just tired of picking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for everything. But I think there is some validity to that. Uh, 
because that's just the way of the NFL. I mean, it runs in uh, in kind of shifts like this where there's ups and there's downs. And I just think this is going to be a little bit of a down year for the Chiefs. Now, if your down year is 12 and five, that's a pretty damn good down year. That's a good problem to have. Uh, and we'll go a little quicker on some of these other ones, but I, I got to go under here. It's a principal pick. I have Chiefs fatigue. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. Yeah, and I think those are good points you mentioned about the Chiefs getting just the, the tad bit weaker on that end. And yeah, the Chiefs fatigue is a good point. I think it's uh, the era of them completely dominating and washing the division, I think, is over this year. That doesn't mean winning it is over, but I think the way they've dominated it is uh, is probably starting to either close or be done. Uh, with the rest of the division, we have the Chargers. Uh, this one's at nine and a half, and I'm going to stick with the over on this one because, again, I think the division's evening out a little more. I think the Chargers are a really solid team up here. Again, I was really high on Staley as well. Um, as you know, last year I was high on the Chargers too, just like you were really high on the Broncos. We ended up kind of both not really being totally right with both those teams sort of sinking a little bit uh, more than we thought. But I don't think that's going to happen, honestly, to either team this season. Uh, especially, well, the, and the Broncos end up being worse uh, by two games, but – I don't think they're going to be that poor this year. I have enough faith in them. So I, I like the Chargers being probably about 10. I don't think they're going to be that far behind the Chiefs. Look, this is another principal pick. Um, I got to go under here. Why? Because it's the Chargers. They just find ways to lose football games. <laughs> and until that the is Chargers true. stop finding ways to lose every football game, I will continue to pick against the Chargers. And next up, we then have the Broncos, a team that uh, went, again, pretty bad last year, 5-11, and 11, though. Again, I say that knowing that they had a lot um, going against them as well. The offense was pretty anemic, only scoring 323 points, um, pretty obviously the worst in the division, also by 50. Uh, yet was the best of the worst in the AFC, which makes sense given the offenses of the AFC West. But – with that, I got to have over on this one. I think there's a lot of improvement on this team. They're going to be a lot better. I would be shocked if you didn't agree with me on this one. But, yeah, I would think that they're over, and I'm pretty confident in that, too. I think the division's improving. Yeah, I'm going over on the Broncos here. I mean, we already talked about it a little bit um, as far as what I think this team can do this year on defense. And as much of a Drew Lock truther as I was, uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater will show that Drew Locke was not very good to begin with. So, yeah, I'm going over here. Lastly, we then have the Raiders, a team that's been very middling for a while, but actually had a not-too-bad season last year. They went 8-8, eight and eight, going 500 and finishing second in the division. But I do think, again, when we talk about those scheduling, that it has some tough scheduling. It's like, do we really have a lot of confidence that the Raiders are going to beat the Browns on the road or are going to beat the Chargers on the road, Steelers on the road, Chiefs on the road? No. I don't. And I think seven, it is worse than last year. I think they'll hit the under on that. I don't think they're going to be terrible, but I do think the Raiders should be the worst team in this division. God, this roster is an absolute mess. They completely <laughs> screwed their offensive line. Uh, they've completely screwed Derek Carr in the process of screwing their offensive line. Um, and I mean, this defense is just kind of an assortment of weird sort of okay players with the with the exception of Max Crosby um and of course uh Casey Hayward who I'm actually a big fan of uh and and shout out to our guy Trayvon Merrig 
for for being on the Raiders as well. But no, I think this is a slow downhill decline uh, for the remainder of John Gruden's contract. I don't think he believes in Derek Carr. I think he's stuck with Derek Carr because of the salary cap situation and the contract that he signed uh, before uh, before Gruden became the head coach. So I'm I'm out on the Raiders. I'm going to continue to pick the under um, until they prove otherwise. And lastly, we're then get to our pick for the winner of the division. And I think we both got this one with a good amount of confidence. So the division again is rising, but we're still a little bit away from this team, not blowing it yet. I got the chiefs and I'm pretty sure you do too. Yeah. It's going to be very tough for me to pick against Patty Mahomes and Andy Reed uh, in the division race. And next up, we have the AFC North. I think probably one of the most interesting uh, divisional races this season. And with this one, um, I'm very excited to see how it turns out. Now, the Ravens are the top team in over-under. I don't actually have a a massive amount of confidence of where this team will go. And that's, again, losing my um, faith in what Lamar Jackson has to bring at least playoff time. But we're not talking about playoff time yet. Regular season, at least. And the Ravens, their over-under is 11 they finished at 11 last season, going 11-5, and five, uh, finishing behind the Steelers, who had their crazy 11-0 start against a very bad schedule, and then a very poor finish against a good schedule. So North was weird last year, but I, I just don't really know if I see the Ravens getting over 11 wins. I think that's tough to do. I do think their schedule is going to be a trickier one. They do have to play the Rams in here. They have to play the Packers. Now, both those games are hosted, which helps, but – it's a tricky schedule. They have to go to mile high in October. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not crazy, crazy confident about this Ravens team. I'm not either. Uh, and we've talked about fatigue with Patrick Mahomes. I'm getting a little bit of Lamar Jackson fatigue. I've seen it too many times. And I think this defense got worse over the off season. Losing Matt Judon, I think is going to be a way bigger deal, uh, than people are making it out to be. Um, yeah, I'm not really seeing it with this team this year. I mean, I, I love Marlon Humphrey as a cornerback, as a number one cornerback. I love Marcus Peters as a number one cornerback. But their depth on defense, not that great. Um, they're a little bit thin along the defensive line, which used to be uh, the strength of this team. They are bringing in Justin Houston. Uh, but I think Justin Houston, I mean, he's obviously at the end of his career. Let me read you. Uh, this wide receiver depth chart right quick. Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown. uh, We don't see Rashad Bateman on here because he has been uh, hurt. Um, James Proche, Devin Duvernay, and Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. That's a bad wide receiver room uh, for a team that was supposed to really – uh, upgrade their wide receivers this offseason. We it's, heard it's all offseason about, oh, this is the team to look out for when you're going after a receiver. They were all over the trade market this offseason, and look where that got them. It got you with Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown, and Rashad Bateman. Congratulations, Ravens fans. You're going under 11 wins this season. <laughs> like that line and i think that's very true um next up we have the cleveland browns and i am so high on the cleveland browns this season please don't fail me but i am very high on the browns this season their line is 10 and a half and i'm gonna hammer 
that over on this team. I absolutely love what they brought in. I think it's got one of the most complete top-to-bottom rosters in the NFL. I'm loving the guys on this team. I get there are a lot of question marks on this team. The guys like, what is Odell going to do coming back, and how's that going to work? I get those, those exist. But they have top 10 offensive defensive lines. Their defense performed spectacularly last year. They have weapons. Baker looks good. You have a very good running back room. Nick Chubb was going off. You have the coach of the year to add to that. There's so much to like on this team, and I have them pretty solidly over 10.5. Even looking at their schedule again, we know the Chiefs is going to be hard, but then you have back-to-back home against the Texans and Bears, which should be easier. I mean, there, there are a good chunk of games here that are – iffy how hard they are, but you also have the Raiders at home, host the Lions, go to the Bengals, and even uh, actually hosting the Bengals the last game of the year, which is a pretty forgiving last game of the year. You do have to go to the Packers on Christmas Day, which that's going to be tough. But I I like this Browns team a lot. I think they'll be very solid. I think they're going to be one of the best teams out of the AFC going to the playoffs. I agree with you there. I think the secondary was the weakness of the team last year, and that has been – improved this was the best offensive line in the nfl last year bringing everyone back from that team uh Mm -hmm. they're deep on the offensive line they're deep at the running back position with nick chubb and kareem hunt uh they are deep on the d line and now they are really really deep on the uh in the secondary uh, with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and then drafting Greg Newsom, who I really yeah. like coming out of uh, mm-hmm. Northwestern. Out of Northwestern, and then getting Richard LeCount out of Georgia, who's an absolute thumper to play behind John Johnson, who they got in free agency, who was one of PFF's top-rated strong sa- or free safeties last year. This is going to be a really good team, and I'm going over. Second year for Baker Mayfield in the Kevin Stefanski system. I am a believer. I'm going over on the Browns. Now, this next team I've been a little uh, conflicted about. I'm actually looking at their schedule now again to sort of see how I'm feeling. But the next one up is the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that I think will finish beneath um, both the Ravens and the Browns. Now, their line is 8.5, but they finished with 12 wins last year, so quite – the drop off at least projected for this team, which I do think they are going to drop off. I think they are going to get worse, but the question is how much worse. And I'll have you go first actually on this one. How much worse? Um, I can't tell you exactly how much worse, but it's going to be bad. They've completely revamped this offensive line for the rotting corpse of statue big Ben uh, to stand (laughs) behind this season (laughs) and i think big ben is gonna look exactly like that a rotting corpse of what we formerly knew as ben roethlisberger they're not going to be able to get the ball downfield with this offensive line i think Najee harris is going to get the ball a lot but i don't think that's going to get you above eight and a half wins i am solidly on the under here i and i know picking against mike tomlin picking mike tomlin to have a losing record has been uh, a very fleeting notion in the past because Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in the NFL. Uh, would like to bring that point up again. But I, there's a first time for everything, and with Big Ben on his last like his last leg, not, not his last legs, his last leg, because I think he only has one working leg. He's been hurt so much in his career. And he's definitely going to get hurt behind this offensive line this year. Not wishing that on him, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I am all the way on the Steelers under this year. 
And I'm actually going to switch to the under because I've been going through while you're talking and going through their whole schedule. And if you look at their schedule overall, you have Raiders, Bengals, at Packers, Broncos, uh, sorry, Seahawks, at Browns, Bears, Lions, at Chargers, at Bengals, Ravens, at Vikings, Titans, at Chiefs, Browns, at Ravens. They could lose all of their last five games, even six. With Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens, it is very possible that they could lose the grand majority of those last few games. And again, with these issues this team has, I think worst case, this team goes 6-11. and 11, And I think that is very possible. Again, the six games, you still do have to play the Bengals. You have the Lions, Bears. I mean, there, there's some games on here I don't think they'll be that bad to blow off. But I think the floor is 6-11, six and, six and, 11, and I do think that probably around eight wins seems accurate to me. I think they'll end up winning eight. But eight and nine still a losing record, and I think that still is possible to get. I hate betting against the Steelers to that degree. I know that is very tough to bet against Tomlin, but I, I think they may end up at eight, and I think I'm going to stick with that under. Um, and last up on the division is the Cincinnati Bengals, six and a half. And no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> That's all the we... first round pick. You absolutely bungled the first round pick. You got your quarterback hurt last year. You didn't fix the offensive line whatsoever. It's going to be another god awful year for the Bengals. Sorry, it's Ryan. a bungle. It's a bungle in the jungle it's for a Cincinnati. Bungle in the jungle. <laughs> it's a bungle in the jungle. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, what a what a bungle from the Bengals, right? It's uh yeah we're we're gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be the nickname for this episode Cincinnati Bungle in the Jungle but <laughs> Cincinnati Bungles uh very unfortunate for them uh that's gonna be the under pretty obviously and then champion of the division I'm still sticking with the Browns I'm high on the Browns we uh, both agree that the Steelers are gonna fall off obviously the Bengals will not be in contention for this and then I think the Ravens may have a slight shot but I just don't trust them to be better than the Browns so I got Cleveland they're the only team I went over. Uh, in the division so clearly the Browns here they're the most talented they're the best coached and next up we do have the AFC South our final team in this division and this one I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on this division frankly because I think a lot of it's kind of said and done but the first team here the team that I think is I mean I don't even think I think is the most obvious team to win this uh, any division in the AFC maybe except for the Bills but Titans up first. Their line is at nine. That's two games under what they performed last year. So I am pretty confident about hitting the over. I'm actually kind of surprised that it dropped two games down just to nine, uh, considering how the Titans played. I get that they did have to skate their way into winning the division. Thank you, Samuel Sloman. But it is a little – I'm surprised it's that low. I think that 11 wins should be a pretty solid bar. Again, given the extra game, I think 12 games, I mean, you could win that many, maybe even 13. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now, and I think that there are a lot of winnable games on this roster. I mean, or on the schedule. I mean, you have Cardinals at Seahawks, Colts. I mean, you have to play the Jets and the Jags. Colts twice helps. Saints helps. Texans helps. I mean, it's <sighs> it, there are a lot of winnable games here. And you well, close the season at the Texans, which is always a good thing. I first and foremost, I would like to point you to the name um, on the back of my jersey. Uh, you can see that right now. <laughs> yeah, don't forget. Don't forget. Um, do not forget about the king uh, who is still in this division. Um, All hail. Look, this is a homer pick. I'm going way over. And by way over, I mean like this is an 11 win team. In this division, I don't you were know 11 why win last year. No, you'll be better than 11. You were 11 oh. win last year. 
They'll be better. The Titans are going to be better, significantly better than every team in this division by far. That's um, what I'm saying. You should you should get six wins if you're competent. You should get six wins automatically. Single I mean, score single score losses um, are are a big hit among NFL media. They love to say, "Oh, well, last year, uh, you know, some of those games don't go the Titans' way. This and that." Well, the Titans managed to outscore 11 teams on their schedule by having the most efficient offense in the NFL, and then they added Julio Jones. What about the defense? That's the question. Because this team still did allow 438.9 points. So that's the the question. That's the question. It's completely retooled. We completely retooled the defensive line. There you go. 31st in pass rush rate uh, or, or in pressure rate last year. Uh, we get Jayon Brown back, who was hurt for most of the year last year. We get Rashawn Evans back, uh, who had a bad year last year, but I think uh, can be successful. Mike Vrabel is not calling the plays anymore, thank God, because he's never been a good defensive play caller <laughs> in his entire career. Um, and we get Christian Fulton back from injury. We get Janoris Jenkins uh off the free agent wire. And then you've got a stud coming in in Elijah Molden, uh, who was one of PFF's highest rated defensive players uh, in the preseason, uh, coming in at slot corner, where he was the most efficient slot corner in college football over the last season. The Titans are going over nine wins. I would pick this over 10 and a half wins. I think that could be a pretty good one here. Looking at, yeah, again, strength of schedule is big. I think that they got a good way in here. Um, I'm liking what they have. They have a tie for the 13th hardest schedule in the league, which is not too bad. Not the easiest, but not too bad. Well, um, the also, AFC on a side top. note, uh, yes, and, and a side note, too, I didn't mention this earlier, but the Steelers actually have the hardest schedule in the entire league, according to a CBS poll here. And the Ravens, second hardest. So, again, it's – that, and, again, having to play each other hurts that. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. So having to play the Browns twice. That's true. Uh, moving up on next, we have the Indianapolis Colts, a team that I know you just absolutely love. Um, the Colts do have tied for the 23rd hardest schedule in the league, which is very helpful for them. But it is the Colts. So for this team, they went 11 wins last year. I can't imagine them doing much better than that. And considering who they have to play this season, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that it is only that low. They do have to play the AFC East, which may help a little bit, but going at the at the Bills in um, November certainly doesn't help. But I don't know. I, I had even on this team, and I may be shifting it to under only because, again, the scheduling tends to change how these teams are. But I think I'm going to hit the under on this only because I think they may win about seven games on with this schedule. Um, I still think they won't be awful there still will be two worst teams, um, one at the absolute least. So I do think that'll be a little tricky. They do have to play the Buccaneers, the only team from the NFC South, which is very unfortunate for Indy. But, um, yeah, I, I may go under with this, but a slight under. I don't think they're going to be that much worse than nine wins. Yeah, I mean, well, look, Frank Reich, uh, I do think, is a good head coach. Uh, I do think they have a good defense. Um just signed Darius Leonard to a massive contract. They've got a workable secondary and their front seven um, is pretty damn good as far as the NFL goes. However, look at the other side of the ball. 
where Jonathan Taylor is the most overrated player in fantasy this year, and I will stand by that statement until the day I die because Frank Reich I won't. Will I won't fight you on it. Frank I won't Reich fight you on it. Use eight running backs in a given game and not give a damn about your fantasy team. Uh, so get Jonathan Taylor out of your fantasy lineup as soon as possible. Trade him away before his value goes down. Um, and let's not forget the most important part of this Colts team, which is Carson Wentz, who has quite frankly been God awful the last two years. I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, I don't think he's been doing well in training camp. I think the fact that Frank Reich was his coach when he was an MVP candidate, well, he's been ruined at this point. He is beyond reclamation. Uh, he's going to throw 10, he's going to throw double digit interceptions this year. Uh, he's probably good for an interception a game. And the Colts are not going to win nine games this year. And I thought nine. I was actually with you there. I think nine is like the perfect number for this team because nine and eight with a good defense and, you know, a it's, a, it's a classic cold season. They always go like evening. <laughs> yeah. A quarterback with a pulse and a good defense uh, can win nine games in the AFC South this year. But I don't think the Colts get there. I think they end up at eight and nine. And I think this is the biggest dumpster fire division in the NFL. The one, the last thing about the Colts before we move on, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention you is their September and f- October will decide their season. Because in that September, October, the first almost half the season is Seahawks, Rams, at the Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens, Texans, which shouldn't be hard, at the 49ers, Titans. That's a gauntlet of a schedule to start. So if the Colts can make it out of that, okay they'll win probably nine games or more. But if they go at it, and they could lose a lot of games in that stretch. So the big key is that's that first half bit. If you can get out of that doing well, you should be a lot better. But that's obviously something we'll have to see and wait for. Next one up is the Jaguars. Oh, the Jaguars. Uh, This is a team that's been painful to watch ever since they totally blew the 2018 playoffs and should have gone to the Super Bowl. And – it's been pretty rough going since. This team went 1-15 last year. Uh, frankly, I do not think they're going to go 1-16 uh, this season. Don't think they'll be that bad because they get to play the Texans twice. Along with that, they also um, play the Bengals on the road, which will be an actual sort of competitive trash bowl, if you will, and the Jets on the road, another sort of trash bowl. So that's potentially four wins, um, which is a lot better than one win. But is it better than their line of 6.5? No. So I don't think they're going to hit that. Look, I don't think that the Jaguars are a complete and total uh, waste of space on a football field. This team is not that bad this year. And they are a nice little sleeper pick to win like eight games if Trevor Lawrence can be Andrew Luck. And we love to see um, James Robinson having a great year in fantasy. Pick him up if you haven't. We do love to see that. Um, However, I just don't see it this year. I don't see it from an Urban Meyer coached football team. I think it's the coaching. I'm going to blame. I'm going to say that this roster is good for seven wins and that they're going to go under because Urban Meyer is going to absolutely blow it. Like (laughs) negate a win. No, I think that's fair. Uh, when you said what teams would not be a total and complete uh, dumpster fire and terrible, you're right. The Jaguars are not that. But do you know what team does fit that mold? 
Oh boy, my favorite. My favorite team <laughs> in the entire NFL. The, the Houston Texans come into yes. this season with one of the most yes. mismanaged, fallen apart, and decrepit rosters we've Shout seen in quite Bill a while. O'Brien. Shout out Bill O'Brien. Bill I am- O'Brien. It is it is it's still impressive to me. It's not even it is impressive to me how badly he left this team and how the team is still suffering from it. And how even their marquee player, the one person that could save this team from complete and utter destruction, Deshaun Watson, is still entrapped in that whole insanity of everything with all the accusations that have gone on. Um, how all of that's still been very murky. A lot of people have come out. It's been a whole deal. Obviously, nothing has been convicted yet nothing has been not convicted yet it's been very much a gray area question mark but no matter what it is it's a bad situation it's not good to be in and he pretty much is the one person on their roster that's redeemable and that may not be true in the next few months we'll wait and see but this team is honestly depressing to look at there's nothing redeemable at this team i can see so far they have a difficult schedule even without being bad it's a hard schedule um it's not the hardest in the league. In fact, it's tied for 15th, so it's not that crazy hard, but it still is top half difficult. I mean, you still have to play the Rams. You have to go to the Bills. If the Patriots, you have to travel to the Browns. There's some hard games on here. Also, go to the 49ers, which, uh, God bless their souls, It's it, this is going to be a team that's going to be sad to watch. Uh, their weekend of Thanksgiving game is against the Jets, so if you want to see some horrible football, Tune in to the um, Houston Texans yeah, hosting the New York Jets. Zach Wilson's breakout game. Zach Wilson could have 400 yards and five touchdowns in that game. And so I, I might even pick him up just for that week. Months from now, I may everyone, even pick him up. Everyone could have 400 yards and five touchdowns against the Houston Texans. Um, and, and for those who have not followed us uh, for very long, uh, there is a recurring segment, and I'm very, very – sad that bill o'brien is uh out of the league because i am bill o'brien's number one fan um and if it were up to me bill o'brien uh would have a lifetime contract with the texans um to be both the general manager and the head coach um and they would lose in the first round of the playoffs every year and gradually turn into a laughing stock when bill o'brien makes the dumbest trades known to man, like trading DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. Um, it's, it's still mind-blowing. It is ghost, still mind-blowing. The ghost of Bill O'Brien is still around on this team, and they will continue to fail miserably. Oh, you love Line here is four. Line you here is four it. games over under, and I'm confidently hitting the under, <laughs> even you though four games of very low bar. I am smashing the under so hard. There's no way you will get me to predict this team winning more than three games. They have an extra game and they still may go winless. Like they get, we all get the 17th game and they still may go winless. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously it is remarkably difficult to go winless as some teams accidentally lose somehow. It's, it's hard to go winless. We've seen that before. Even the Jaguars, Somehow didn't go winless. The Jets a few years ago had that game against the Rams that, okay, you win that out of nowhere. So it's very difficult to go winless, but this team's got a pretty darn good shot to get there easily, easily the best of anyone this season. Um, the champion of this division, I think, is pretty uh, pretty clear, at least right now, should be the Titans. I think we'd agree on that, too. Not too shocking on this end. And now we move on to the NFC, where we start with our favorite division, 
from last year, at least in terms of entertainment value, though I think that may be starting to turn a little bit towards the unironic entertainment. Um, a little bit, not a lot. And that's the NFC East, a division that was by far the worst division in football last year. I mean, not even close. To the and point where I boycotted it. I boycotted the you NFC You did, actually, yeah. yeah you or did. That is, that is true. I would you not watch a no single more. NFC East game. I wouldn't comment on the NFC East. I was firmly boycotting the NFC East last year. What a god-awful division. But I do think it's going to change this year. I do think we're going to have a little bit of change. Not necessarily every team getting a ton better, because we can see clearly not every team will. But I do think there's going to be a little bit of shift in this, especially given that the uh, the hardest strength of schedule on anyone in this entire division, going through the list right now, is the Washington football team that's tied for 15th. Overall, this division does not really have a too difficult of time. In fact, the Eagles have the easiest schedule. The Cowboys have the second easiest schedule. So it's, and that still is the Eagles of the easiest schedule still will be terrible, but it's, but that's why the Cowboys in this thing, I think uh, are pretty firmly going to get the over. They're sitting at nine as the over under. And I think they're going to get it pretty firmly. I've, I still am a little bit up and down about who's going to win this division, but I do think that the Cowboys at nine, I think that they should hit that over pretty cleanly. They do have to go to the chiefs. Um, games in the Superdome against the Saints are always tricky, even though I do think the Saints will fall a little bit. Games at the Vikings are hard. So there are a few harder games in here. But overall, not too crazy difficult to schedule. Though this weekend will be one to watch very closely. Um, or actually, uh, sorry, not this weekend. Tonight. Um, uh, yeah, tonight and next weekend. Because tonight is at the Buccaneers and next weekend's at the Chargers. I think both those games are going to be sneaky. Well, the Chargers sneaky difficult. Buccaneers obviously difficult. But if the Cowboys can go, if they can win one of those two games, that's going to speak a lot of volume for the season. Um, I think they could easily lose both, but if they end up winning both, I Cowboys, I think, will run away with this division, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, that'd be pretty impressive. Well, I'm with you there. I think this team could be really, really good this year. Uh, you know I picked Dak Prescott for MVP. Uh, I think they're going to pick right back up where they left off last year with a slightly improved defense. I think Micah Parsons is going to be a huge X factor next to Leighton Vander Esch there. Um, I am cautiously optimistic that the secondary will improve. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that, but I am going to go over on the Cowboys because I'm not high on the rest of this division. And next up, we then have the Washington football team, our second year of having the football team, uh, scheduled still to have a name update. We're going to see if they actually end up getting their name changed. It actually is still possible that Washington football team ends up being the permanent name. That, of was, a final yet. that was a final um, team name. That what? That that was one of the final candidates. Oh, yeah. That was one of them. Were, there were a few other options in there. Actually, there were some, uh, frankly, horrible options. Um I think there, there was there were some that I just I hated, but there were a few of them. Yeah, the finalists in here um, are. Let me see what the ones are because I would like to to get your thoughts on one of the ones that were that were left. Um, they revealed eight names, and yes, they are the Washington Armada, the Washington Brigade, the Washington Commanders, the Washington Defenders, the Washington Presidents, the Washington Red Wolves, the Washington Red Hawks, and the Washington Football Team. I'm either Red Wolves or Red Hawks. Every one of those other teams sounds like an XFL team. I have the 
exact and we didn't write this down but i have the exact same take i would have red wolves i would have red hawks i think that presidents or armada or even those are just they're just awful i I really hate that aaf team defenders was an xfl team yeah the defenders literally was the xfl team name so it's i i god i that would be terrible so i really do hope that um that's uh, not going to be those names. Uh, obviously, Redskins was the former name, and now Washington football team changing a couple of years ago. Um, uh, pretty obviously that no president's name, no senator name, no mention of Native American peoples was kind of obvious, and those final lists was not going to happen. But even then, I mean, if it was the Washington presidents, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, there's just some tremendously awful names in there. But uh, I do love Red Wolves. Uh, Red Hawks. I think the HTTR name being kept would be kind of cool to redo that instead of Redskins be Red Wolves. Red. I think that'd be a cool way to uh, honor that name in, in a respectful way and make it a newer name that would be good for everyone. So um, I do like that a lot. Um, actually, I didn't realize this was like really soon, but um, it seems like those are the final names they're going to put for it. I think I think they revealed that like a, a month ago, but that was like an extra thing they added. So. Um, that's nice to at least see them finally getting down all that. We'll see what they end up being. Um, uh, I also think that Red Hogs is on there too. Um, that Red Hogs may be one. That's you ever seen <laughs> a hog in Washington D.C.? It's just it's not it's not an NFL name. It's not an NFL name. But either way, um, eight and a half is their under over line. I am going to hit the over on this one. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a fun addition to this team. I think if you have Terry McLaurin in your fantasy team, you ought to be feeling pretty solid this year, as well as Antonio Gibson, who I was thankful to pick him up last year and get some great points off him too. I think there's some great points on this team offensively. Obviously, defensively, this is one of the most best and complete units in the NFL. Chase Young should have another great season. I like this team a lot. I think they're going to end up having a very good season. Eight and a half, so over under. Again, they have the hardest schedule of anyone in the NFC East, and it's barely even top half of the NFL. I like that a lot. I'm not going to elaborate too much on this one, but I'm right there with you. I got the over. The defense is going to be so good this year. I think they're going to steal some games from some people. And, I mean, look at the Dolphins. Won 10 games with Fitzpatrick last year uh, with not quite as good of a defense or an offensive unit, in my opinion. So I do believe that Fitzpatrick can win at least nine games this year. I'm going over. Giants up next, uh, Giants of New York. Uh, seven is their over-under, and I'm going to actually hit, I think, the only one I have on here that's like this, but I'm going to hit the even on this and just go straight up with seven. And the reason why I'm going to push that is because the Giants went six and ten last year, and again, you get the extra game. And I do think they're good enough to win half a game more, going seven and ten versus six and ten. I think that's very possible. I think this team still has some decent parts of it. I think their schedule is not that difficult. I think that's going to work together and make this team at least halfway decent. I don't think they're going to be that awful. They also have the Eagles in the division to help them out on that end too. No, this team is going to be terrible, Jack. <laughs> I think they could I think they could be not that awful. I I, I don't know. in the I, top ten again next year. Why? Daniel freaking Jones. I hate watching him play football. <laughs> it's like it's painful to me to watch him play the position of quarterback because he is a turnover machine. And it's really hard to score when the other team constantly has the ball. And I think the other team is going to have the ball a lot this year. Now, I know that they, he didn't have Saquon last year. 
I know that Saquon is coming back this year, but I'm not convinced that we're going to see the Adrian Peterson uh, running for 2,000 yards after tearing an ACL. I think they're going to work him slowly back in. The fact that it was even a question whether he would play week one this year um, is a little has me wary of this team. Uh, I'm going firmly under this is a bad team that's going to be picking in the top 10 again. And yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not crazy confident in this team. I just, I don't think they're going to be that particularly terrible. I, I think that they may win wins a few games. I, I have a little bit of faith in it. And again, Saquon's a big reason why. I just I really like no what Saquon can come back Daniel with. Jones. Zero, absolutely none. Get rid. Next of up, right <laughs> next up is the team I think is without a doubt the worst team in this division, which also ironically has the easiest schedule in the NFL, uh, despite being one of the easiest teams to beat. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Their over-under is six and a half, and I think that is comically high. I think they're going to get the under easily. I think this is an easy under as well. Not a a huge fan of Nick Sirianni. uh, Not a big fan of Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback. Not saying Jalen Hurts the person, but Jalen Hurts as an NFL quarterback. Not great. Uh, don't think this defense is going to get any better. Um, and six and six and a half wins is incredibly generous for them. I am going under. Next up, we have our champion here, and I'm going to go with the Cowboys. And the only reason why I switched it from Washington football team was, again, the Cowboys have the second easiest schedule in football. And these kind of schedule things matter a lot. And with that, I think that that's going to help them get over the fact that even Washington is a really good team. I do think they're going to split. I think they could easily split games given just how good that Washington defense is and how poor um, the Cowboys are. And again, inverse with the offense, I think that that kind of stalemate is going to lead to each team getting a win. But I think overall with the rest of their schedule that it favors the Cowboys a lot more and that should get them a a slight edge in this. So I think it's going to come down to the last few weeks. I think this is going to be a tight division race as it was last year. I'm right with you there. Well, let's move on to – the toughest division in football, without a doubt, undisputed, is going to be the NFC West. There are four playoff caliber teams in this, and I think there were – I had to make some contentious and hard selections, uh, let's put it that way, and some selections that I do not feel great about by any means. But without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, the Rams – have are tied for the highest uh, win total in this division. They are set at 10 and a half. And I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over with a lot of confidence. They won 10 games last year. You're saying they're going to improve by half a win with getting an infinitely better quarterback. It's just getting out. Yeah. You get, you had half a win better than last year and you get an extra game and you have a quarterback who is so much better than golf with Stafford. I'm, I'm very, very confident. I'm incredibly confident, actually, in the Rams this season, and I think they could get deep in the playoffs. In fact, I think they should be one of the favorites to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Not necessarily I have them in the Super Bowl, but I think this should be a team that should be knocking on the door getting into the NFC Championship game. I am as well. I'm going to have them right at 11 wins. I think the extra game gives them an extra win. I'm not so sure that they're not just going to blow a couple of these, especially if they're defensive, you know, less less of a shootout and more of a defensive grind in some of these games. I mean, those are just the games that team that good teams uh, tend to lose more often than not. They do get um, the AFC South, though, in the interdivisional fight, which is helpful. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep the Rams defense around on my fantasy team just for when they play the Texans. 
He'll get a billion points. The Texans' defense in fantasy may finish the year with negative points. They, yeah, I mean, that's probably the worst <laughs> thing you could do for your team in fantasy. Like, you'd rather have a guy scoring zero points. You'd rather have a guy that doesn't play in your You'd rather not play a defense. defense. <laughs> yeah. Just don't play a defense. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next up is the 49ers. They also have a 10-and-a-half line here. Again, they're the team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs two years ago and then proceeded to get incredibly marred by injuries and not be able to do as much as they did the year before. That resulted in them having a 6-10 and 10 season, which was way below what either of us had projected, pretty obviously because they got hit hard with injuries more than maybe any other team in the league. So, again, this season, because we can't really predict injuries, I think they'll have a lot less of a problem with that. So, with that, I do have them doing pretty good. They have tied for the 19th hardest schedule in the league, which is very beneficial. They got a great line here. I'm liking what they have. I know that Jimmy G isn't exactly the best guy to have under center, but they have Trey Lance, who I'm fairly confident in, even if he doesn't work out. So, now they have the backup. Also, if he gets hurt, you still have the backup. I think there's a lot to like on a lot of this team. I like sort of the running back rotation, not for fantasy, dear God, not for fantasy, but I think as an offensive productive unit, they can get a lot done. I like the Niners in this. I think that they can get this over with the, I think this will be the 11 win team. I think Rams could get like 13 wins. You know, I'm going to go with the under here and I picked the under last year on the 49ers. And, you know, I wasn't, I was happy to be right about the under. I didn't think everyone on the team was going to be hurt. I wasn't happy about <laughs> yeah. how, how it came about, but I was, uh, you know, pretty ecstatic to uh, take the under on an off year last year. I'm going to take the under here and not because I think the 49ers are going to be like a losing team or anything. I think 10 and a half wins is a lot. And even with this defense, their secondary still isn't that great. Um, So if they get locked into a shootout and Jimmy G has to take the reins, I'm not super confident about that. Now, if Trey Lance was the starter, maybe we'd be having a different conversation, but I would still probably go under just because of the nature of rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going to go under here. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks, and they have another 10 win um, over under line on themselves. And I get that what I'm saying is starting to make not the most sense, given three teams very, very high on this. But, um, and that's why I may be kind of rethinking this. I don't even know if, I don't know, it did happen. It happened in the, yeah. So I'm thinking that this year could be a very AFC North look, where the AFC North last year was Steelers 12 wins, Ravens 11, Browns 11. I think something like that could easily happen in the NFC West this season. And that's kind of what I'm predicting here because I think the Seahawks are going to hit that 10 win over, but again, barely hit it because they can't really hit it way over because that's not possible mathematically. But I think that this NFC West division is going to win a lot of their outer division games within the division. That's where the fun begins. That's where we're going to be watching a lot of those games, seeing where that happens. But yeah, I think the Seahawks hit the over on this one. I do think they – may end up better than the Niners. Not fully convinced yet, but I think they may end up better than them. I still have the Rams getting this division uh, pretty soundly, but I like what the Seahawks have wrapped to offer here. I know I kind of skipped ahead with the division prediction, but I do like what the Seahawks have to bring here. I think they will be a lot of fun to watch. They have some tough games on the road, especially against tough defenses with at the Rams, at Washington, um, at the Steelers. So they have some tough games against tough defenses, but I think that this offense is built for that, and I'm excited to see what they can do. And I'm on the Seahawks over as well. I'm a little higher on the Seahawks than you are. Uh, I think their defense is going to be pretty decent this year. Uh, Shaq Griffin, they bring in a Kello Witherspoon, who I never really liked a lot for San Francisco, but he's an upgrade over 
who they had last year. So, yeah, I'm on the Seahawks over this year. I think Russ is going to come out swinging like they did last year. They're going to let Russ cook a little bit more. Chris Carson's not going to get hurt, hopefully. And they really like this kid, Jordan Brooks, who they took in the first round out of Texas Tech uh, in the previous draft, in the 2020 NFL draft. So I'm liking, I'm liking the Seahawks here, uh, and, and I've got them firmly over 10 wins. And the Cardinals are our last team here, and this is a team that I just I don't know where to think of them because eight and a half, I like that line a lot because it makes it hard because I really don't know where I'd really want to put this team because I think I, I like them at eight, but then they were eight and eight last year, and I don't see them getting worse, but they were just, I don't know. But also eight and eight includes a complete bonkers miracle win against the Bills that was just, it was a miracle win, and so... You could argue were they really eight and eight quality or were they seven to nine quality? We don't know. And so I don't know. This Cardinals team, I think, is a real kind of toss up team. I think we have three incredibly good teams in the West and then the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are not a bad team by any means. I like what's on the Cardinals, but are they on that level? I don't think so. And it's going to be really hard to compete there. And so I think I may go with the under and have them at eight wins, but I would not be surprised at all if they hit nine or maybe even 10. But I just think that level of quality is going to be too hard in just one division. I got two names for you. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Those two guys, you're going to have to line up against them uh, pretty much every week. So – if you're lining up against J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, I don't like you to win either of those matchups. Now, you know, the team matchup, it depends on the week. But just based off the fact that this defense is going to be better, hopefully Chandler Jones is not hurt, um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals uh, at, at over eight and a half wins. Next up, and finally, we have our champion here of the West, and I am going with the Rams, and I'm confident about the Rams. I like the Rams a lot this season. I think that their defense is by far the best in this division, and I don't think it's crazy close. Again, I like the, what the Cardinals and Niners had. Seahawks, we know, had issues, but this defense, I think, is unstoppable within this division. I think the offense of Matthew Stafford could finally turn it around to be a big-time team. We saw how good this defense was when it got into the Super Bowl. And that was a Jared Goff still at the helm. And now you have Stafford with finally a new chance, finally made it out of Detroit and can do something. I think this team can accomplish some great things this season, and I'm high on the Rams, and I really hope that they prove me right. I'm high on the Rams as well. This was such a toss-up for me, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks just to zag. We've picked mostly uh, – we've picked mostly – It's a hard division to pick. The same players, but – yeah, I, I'm I'm going with the Seahawks here just just to zag, just to do something different. That's very fair. Uh, next up, we have our second to last division of the day, and it is the NFC North, which is quite the odd division. I'm very interested to talk to you about because this is a division that was a, a weird one last year where it was kind of like the AFC East where it had one team really solidly at the top and then a couple of teams that were like okay-ish and then the Lions. And so that's where it's like, where is it going to kind of the Lions? And of course, the comparison to the Jets. And I, it's a weird division because you start with the Packers, a team that had MVP Aaron Rodgers last season, who, of course, we love to watch. 509 points for this team was a very, very impressive amount. It was actually by far the most out of anyone in the NFC total. Um, no one even got close to 500. Uh, the only one that got 
Actually, it's not true. The Buccaneers did get close. Um, Saints are behind them, but still, the Packers scored what uh, almost thirty more points than the Buccaneers did in second place. So this Packers offense was absolutely unstoppable in the NFC this last season. Defense was excellent as well, um, being the best defense at least points wise in the NFC North. This team is still going to be heavily favored. Ten wins, I still think, is solid for them. Thirteen and three last year. That's tough to replicate that, but again, you get the extra game. And I think with the extra game too, this Packers team should not have a ton of trouble getting over 10. I'm going to buy into a really dumb narrative this year, but we heard, we saw uh, earlier in the off season, right before training camp uh, where Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams uh, posted the pictures of MJ and Scotty in the last dance and then in the 98 finals and, I'm so bought in for the Packers this year. They're bringing back pretty much the exact same team. Uh, they've improved the secondary a little bit, the secondary that was already really talented, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, and, of course, Jair Alexander, who I picked on GTD as my defensive player of the year. This is going to be a really good team, and having their win total at 10 wins is, quite frankly, disrespectful. I think you're – I mean, having the win total at 10 wins, I think Vegas is kind of banking on Aaron Rodgers not really uh, not really being all there, a lot of dysfunction within the organization. But all of Aaron Rodgers' teammates have said, look, this is his beef is not with us. His beef is with the front office. And you can criticize the way he handled it, but he's still coming in and doing his job for his teammates every single day. I think this is disrespectful. I'm so far over. And then, yeah, again, totally on the same page on that one. Next up, we have the Vikings over under is at nine games here. And I am actually pretty confident with the Vikings in this season. They won seven games last year, and I think that they're going to get better here. I know the Kirk Cousins thing is a whole – I know, I know, I know with Kirk Cousins. But I just – I like what this Vikings team can do. And considering that the difficulty of schedule, yeah, everyone in this division does have a very hard strength of schedule. I get that. But I, I just think this could be a really exciting team to watch this year. I like what the Vikings have done. I think with a healthy team, they'll look very good. But I don't know. I, I feel pretty confidently about the Vikings this season. I'm so out on the Minnesota Vikings. I could not disagree with you more here. This has been a middling average team for the last – Year Well, last year they were middling average. The year before they made the playoffs. But they still haven't really done anything if they do make the playoffs. Um, I know they get Daniil Hunter back. That's going to be a big, big help. But they still and you have get so Christian Darius on the line. Christian Darius on the line is a big so addition. many questions in their secondary. Jeff Gladney is not going to be there. He's off the team now. They had to draft more cornerbacks this offseason. I'm just so not sold on this Vikings defense, even with some of the talent that they do have. Uh, and I mean, Kirk Cousins. I have. We talked about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson fatigue. I have Kirk Cousins fatigue. He's been so average for so long. Um, I, I'm just. I'm not a believer this year in the Vikings. I'm going under. I think this could be a potential top ten defense, and I love what Dalvin Cook could do. That's the only thing is if Alvin Cook remains healthy, if they have a top 10 defense like they could have, they could have a really incredible defense. I think with those two things, this team could end up getting around that. And I might even look at the even more than the over, uh, which actually I'll even change it to that. I think they may hit nine. But 
I'm just – I don't know. I think that they can improve a little bit with those guys back. They had a lot of huge players out with injury last year, and even with that, still end up finishing with seven wins. So that's why I think that with that, a healthier team, they could end up doing a little better. Next up, we have the um, the Chicago Bears, a team that uh, if you like to watch football, you don't really want to watch this team this year because the Bears are a team that will make you hurt because their opening game is against the Rams, and that could be bad. Uh, the Bears are a team that I am avoiding like the plague, uh, not to play on a very topical um term but i am not entirely confident with doing anything with the bears this season this offense has been terrible for a while i know the defense has been solid but let's be honest there are a lot of teams doing better on defense and they have the third hardest schedule in the league and i don't think they have the team built for it like the packers do that's right behind them at fourth hardest so like are you really confident and the bears at the browns bears at the buccaneers hosting the 49ers i mean i'm not I'm not either. I think this team is going to be bad, uh, not because they're a bad roster, but because they're choosing. And and let me let me really really emphasize the word choosing to start Andy Dalton. They are no frogs, but God, <laughs> to start Andy Dalton. Uh. This offensive line looked terrible, terrible, terrible all preseason they're not going to be able to protect Andy Dalton they're not going to be able to run the ball they're going to have no offense to speak of they're going to be completely leaning on their defense and if Andy Dalton is your quarterback in 2021 you are not winning eight games sorry yeah this could be rough I have them going there too and uh, lastly we have the Detroit Lions Oh, the Lions. They are a team that is usually sad, and they will continue to do that this season. They are tied for the sixth hardest schedule in the league, and with that difficult of a schedule, I am not confident that they're going to win five games or more. Even if you have an additional team or you have an additional – so I get that they have a 5-11 and 11, it was their schedule last year, but they also went 1-7 and seven at home. 1-7 and seven at home. And I don't know how much that they're adding to make this team a really, really good team. Because even you start out with 49ers at the Packers, Ravens, that, that's just a, that's a hard stretch. I'm just not super confident in this Lions team. I don't think they're going to beat a lot of teams this season. Well, this is by far my boldest over. Um, and you're right. The roster yes, is I don't a buy it. I don't buy it. The roster is a dumpster fire. But every season, there is one team – that no one expects to do anything that ends up coming out and winning like five or six games when everyone expected them to win two. I think this year it's the Detroit Lions because I really think as much hand-holding as Sean McVay did for Jared Goff, I really do think Goff is going to get this team to five wins. I do. I think five I just don't wins, trust him. I think five wins is a very low bar for a guy that's been in a Super Bowl. And I'm also to be fair, he was that, carried very heavily carried to the Super Bowl. To be fair, and I agree. But for a guy who has played in the Super Bowl, I think five wins is a very very low bar. Um, and and I mean it's a high bar for the Lions. At this point, that's true. It's next up, um, or not next up? Sorry, not next up. Sorry, I meant I meant champion. Uh, champion is next. I think this one's pretty cut and dry, and I got the Packers. Packers, easy. 
Yeah, no question here. Next up, our final division, which I also don't think will be a super difficult pick for our champion. And that one is the NFC South. My division, baby. Finally, saving the best for last. And by best, I just mean my favorite, not best in quality, very obviously. And we start off with a team that is actually very good in quality, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your Super Bowl defending champions. As much as it hurts my soul to say that out loud, it, they earned it as much as you can. And the Bucs looked pretty good last year, not just in the postseason, obviously, but over the regular season. Now, they did not win the division last season. The Saints ended up winning it from them, which I think that is definitely going to change. But it's also the NFC South, a division that has fallen apart to a very strong degree of what it was a few years ago when the NFC South was actually really good. That is not the case anymore. And the Buccaneers are going to be the very clear uh, best team in this division. I think 12 wins is over under. I think they're going to go over on that. I think the Buccaneers look very good with what they have this season. I think they're in a great position to do well. And they have the 29th hardest schedule, 29th hardest. And they brought back everyone. There is no way this team finishes below 12 wins. I can't see it happening. If they have everybody back, the Saints aren't good now. And that was their number one roadblock was the Saints. Now they fell off. The Buccaneers are in a very prime position to go after maybe even the number one seed in the NFC simply because they don't have to deal with the NFC West. Those teams maybe are also just as good a quality, but they have to play all of each other twice. The Bucs avoid a lot of that. And so for that reason, and even looking at the Bucs schedule overall, they do have to play a few hard teams in here. They do have to play the Bills. They do have to face off against uh, where else here? Uh, Washington on the road will be tough. And then the Rams and the Cowboys tonight. But that's about it. Pretty much every other game on there looks pretty much they are the better team. There's only about maybe four games, five games that I could really see them losing. But even then, it's a toss-up game or maybe the Bucs are better. So I think the Bucs will be very solid this season. I'm going barely under. Um, and this is, again, just kind of a principal pick. I think they are going to get every single team's best shot every single week. And that doesn't – that's not to say – uh, that every team doesn't try against every other team. We know the NFL is all about winning, and these guys try their hardest every single game. That being said, I think the Bucks are going to get a special uh, shot from every single team, and I think there will be a couple of bad losses on the schedule. I mean, this was a 9-7 and seven team last year that got really hot during the playoffs, and I'm not talking down on the Buccaneers. I think they are easily an NFC championship team this year. But during the regular season where we don't know what the injuries are going to hold yet, um, this was a 9-7 and seven team last year, and we don't – I mean – I love Tom Brady in the playoffs. He makes all the right decisions in the playoffs, but as a regular season quarterback, there there are some limitations to what Tom Brady can do at 43 years old. So I'm going to go under just based off of all of those things. I'm not going under confidently, but I am going under. And after that, we have a team that I am so excited to talk about, and that is the New Orleans Saints. And the reason why I'm excited to talk about them is because I can finally not talk 100% positively about them, because it's been like that the last few years, sadly. And now we get to say negative things about the Saints, and that is because Drew Brees is finally gone, and the Saints are going to be regressing finally. Their, their roster, they had a lot of guys fall out of what they had. 
Um, again, Breeze was the number one name on that, but a lot of their defense was changed around. This is a team that is going to take a step back, and I'm very excited to hear that. And the over-under is nine, and they are not going to get that. And again, this is a bad division, and nine is still being three games worse, and I'm still pretty confident in that. Every single team in the NFC South is part of, at least if I'm seeing this right, um, yeah, out of the bottom five or six, in, the, in terms of easiest schedule, the Saints are the one team that's not on that list. The Saints are all the way up at the 22nd hardest when most of the division is around seven or six spots lower. So that's the biggest thing here is they have by far the hardest schedule within the division. That's already a weak division. I just don't really love what the Saints team has to bring to the table. Playing the Packers is hard at the Seahawks, at the Washington football team. There's no way they lose to the Bucks at the Saints, Bills. A lot of really tough games here, and that's not even counting the Cowboys game. Um which is going to be tough. So I think the Saints are going to fall off a little bit, which I am praying is an accurate take, but I think this is the year we finally, finally see the Saints miss the playoffs. I think so too. Um, look, Drew Brees, I've heard, I've heard the point and the claim that Drew Brees was actually a liability uh, for the Saints the past couple of years, which w- is not wrong. But what does Drew Brees do? He spreads the ball out. And he takes care of the rock. Well, you want right? to talk about liabilities? Who are you bringing in? Bingo! My next point. I mean, Jameis, Jameis Winston, oh Mister Thirty for Thirty himself. Uh, you're mm-hmm. just getting an op a liability in the completely different way. Whereas Drew Brees wouldn't push the ball downfield um, and, and was not super uh, aggressive the last few years. He was kind of checked down Charlie. Jameis Winston is going to push the ball down the field. Not to mention that you don't get Mike Thomas till at least like week 10 or 11, probably. Um, This is not going to be a great team. I do like the defense, but the offense is not going to be enough. I mean, unless Kamara goes for like 2000 yards and 500 to 700 receiving yards and a whole lot of touchdowns. I don't like this team at all. Um, I'm going under here too. Oh, I'm actually going to save my team for last because they both have the same over under anyway, but I'm going to go with the, we're going to start off with the Panthers here as our last couple of teams we have to talk about. And the Panthers are kind of a funny team. They have seven and a half is their line and they have a schedule. That's a pretty difficult one. Um, It is sorry, pretty difficult within the context of the NFC South. It's the second hardest in the division at 26, which is still obviously not that difficult. Um, And overall, I just, it's Sam Darnold's team. And am I really going to be extremely confident in Sam Darnold's team, even though he is out of the Jets, and I will give him that? And will they be better than two wins? Yes. But are they going to hit eight, nine wins? I I don't think so. I, I, that's a little bit of a stretch for me. They have to play the Buccaneers and the Bills on the road. Actually, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the last four games of the Panthers' schedule is at the Bills, Buccaneers, at the Saints, at the Bucks. So you can write those four games off goodbye, but it's that that is a really tough schedule for, for what the Panthers have down the stretch, at least. Of course, the first half would then be easier to compensate, but I just don't know what there is to love about this team. It's Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and the gang. I get that Christian McCaffrey's coming back, but the defense isn't doing you a ton of favors. And yeah, I like C Mac coming back. I think the team will be a little better because of that, but they're not going to beat the Bucks. They're not going to be some kind of huge, great team. I'm just not super confident. 
I think this is going to be a very frisky, like seven win team. I think seven and a half is perfect. I'm going barely under. I'm not as down on Darnold as you were uh, because I'm thinking like six. I have personal experience with like post Adam Gase bump uh, with Ryan Tannehill. And I think we get the same sort of post Adam Gase bump uh, with Sam Darnold. That being said, this is not, you know, an eight win team to me. I think they're a right around six or seven win team. Uh, I think this number is perfect. I wouldn't be shocked if it went over uh, just because they do have talent on a lot of areas of the field and they have the best fantasy running back in football um, in Christian. At least, at least at least PPR guaranteed to be the best so far. Yeah. Well, if you don't play PPR, I don't know what to tell you. Um I, I am a PPR elitist, uh, if you will. So I I'm, kinda, a, I'm okay I, with either. <laughs> I'm going under, uh, but it wouldn't shock me if this went over. And finally, we get to my team, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that I think is going to be one of the more interesting ones to look at um, over last season into this one, simply because they were absolutely terrible last year. And so much of that was due to all of the outside problems. It was Dan Quinn being Dan Quinn and then getting fired midseason and having to work with that, which was, Dan Quinn's. you could credit, you can credit at least four of our losses to just Dan Quinn moments. Just Dan moment was just like Cowboys game, Dan moment, Bears game, Dan moment. And, If you remember those games, great, because I'm not going to rehash them. But the Falcons, a lot of their pain last year happened from that, which is the reason why a four-win team has a seven and a half over under. That's why they have one that's that much drastically higher, because this team went through a whole different change. You got a guy in Kyle Pitts. You did get rid of Julio Jones. But again, like I said earlier, I love Julio Jones to death. I am wearing his jersey right now. But at the end of the day, he was a guy that was hurt a lot in his last couple seasons, was not very productive, was used as a decoy a lot. Why his touchdown rate was low. It wasn't like he was the end-all, be-all of our team, at least in these last few years. Obviously, over his career, helped change the Falcons franchise as a whole. But at least in the last microcosm of the last couple of years, it hasn't been that guy. And then you have Kyle Pitts coming in. You have Mike Davis coming in. So thank God you don't have to deal with the whole Todd Gurley debacle anymore. We actually cleared out pretty much the entire running back room and replaced it, which is a godsend. So the running game is going to be a lot better. The offensive line has more development. Matt Ryan is still a solid quarterback. This offense will improve tenfold. And the defense, yeah, the pass defense was still horrible. The pass defense was one of, if not the worst, in all football. They were terrible along the lines of Tennessee and Seattle. So this team still has a lot of work to do. They probably, I'd be pretty shocked they had a winning record. But will the Falcons hit the over on 7.5? Yes, they will. And I'm still pretty confident in that. They have the 30th hardest schedule. And guess what team got added in their 17th game? The Jaguars. So of all teams to benefit, we were one of the best ones to benefit. So there are a lot of things to like what this team can have. We also have the luxury of playing the Lions. Again, the Saints and Panthers twice as helpful. Jags, as I mentioned, uh, there are some tougher games in there, but we also get the Jets and the Giants. So the schedule, there's a reason why we're number 30. Uh, We also open up with the Eagles at home this weekend, which thank goodness, please, please win this game. Dear God, win this game. So Arthur Smith, I think, could be a really great coach for us. I love that hire. I think he's going to be fantastic. We're going to implement tight end stuff a lot more. And given how much I really liked Hayden Hurst last year, that position, and now adding in Kyle Pitts, I think that really is going to work a lot. This offense, as I said, is a ton to work with. We finally have a coach that's more offensively minded because the defensive ones tend to not work out as much. Thank you, Dan. So 
I'm fairly high on what the Falcons can accomplish this year. I was remembering last year when I was very adamant the Falcons not finishing worse in the division, but that was also me, A, underestimating how bad Dan Quinn is, and B, underestimating us getting hurt by a lot of our injuries. But that's at least what I got there. I like what the Falcons have. I'm on the Falcons over as well uh, for all the reasons that you just said, but um, mainly because I trust Arthur Smith. I trust Arthur Smith. And I will always trust Arthur Smith um, until he proves me wrong. Uh, I really like what I think Arthur Smith is going to do with this Falcons offense. Um, The running back position, obviously a little thin, but I don't think Mike Davis is a bad option whatsoever. I think he can be a fine three down back. He showed that in Carolina last year. And this is a team that's going to air the ball out. You're not going to see the same offense that you saw in Tennessee where it's going to be run first, Derrick Henry, pound the rock all the time. It's going to be a pass-first offense. They're going to give Matt Ryan free reign uh, to make plays in this offense, and I do like the Falcons over. I've got them at eight or nine wins. Um, And one last thing to note before we get on to our risers, followers should be just a very quick section of getting those teams down because you've already kind of recapped it. Just like what we did with college football for week one and what we'll do with college football week two until we get our second podcast date solidified, we are going to go ahead and tweet those out. We usually have those in the video. If you all remember from tuning in last year, those usually were in the video. That's not going to be the case for this simply because of a time thing that would take way too much time. But we're just going to tweet those out and get those out just because they're on the record. Um, including the pick for our Cowboys and Bucks game, which I need to do more stuff on to pick that. So I will pick that in a few hours. But watch out for that on our Twitter page, GTD Sports. We'll, of course, retweet that. So go ahead and give that a follow, and we'll have that on a little bit later. But now we move on to risers and fallers. And right here is where we get sort of our interesting team takes. Again, a lot of these have been already done, so we'll get through this quickly. But my three teams, Risers, Rams, Dolphins, Chargers. I think these teams can take a step up. I think the Rams are kind of your most obvious team on here taking a step up. Chargers, I like a lot what they can do. And then again, the Dolphins. I think they can get a couple more wins. I like what they can produce here. I think they could be a better team. And I am on the Cowboys, Broncos, and Patriots. Uh, it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to be as bad as they were last year uh, with Dak Prescott coming back, assuming they stay healthy. Uh, the Broncos, we talked about earlier. I'm, I like their defense a lot. I like Vic Fangio, and I like what Teddy Bridgewater can do with the weapons on offense. And the New England Patriots uh, also, I don't think, can be as bad as they were last year with all the talent no. <laughs> on this team, unless Mac Jones is just absolutely horrendous. Uh, but, Jack, who do you have as your biggest followers this year? Uh, I think these three are the uh, pretty clear and obvious three. I see yours as well that I think are also great choices. But uh, Saints, Bears, and Colts. Saints simply from being division champions and nearing deep in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. And then the Bears just being a Bears moment. And then Colts for, again, obvious reasons within the South are going to drop a little bit. Of course, they weren't division champs last year, but I don't think they're going to be as close to the playoffs as they were. I'm right, with on, I'm, I'm right with you on all of those, but I have the Steelers. Uh, see my quote from earlier, rotting. It's a good one. Yeah. Of, uh, ben <laughs> That's Hoffman a good one. Burger. Uh, the Colts, um, because I just don't believe in Ky- Carson Wentz whatsoever. Um, and he's going to be playing banged up to start the season. And the Giants, because Daniel Jones is garbage. Yep, yeah, that's uh, 
That's about right. I think those will end up being pretty decent. Not I'm again not a hundred percent of the Giants take, but we'll see. And lastly, we have our most fun prediction that I think we I don't know if we we actually know we both got the Chiefs correct um last season on our predictions. We both got the NFC teams wrong. Um I think you had you had the Saints and I had the Seahawks, ended up being obviously the Buccaneers. So yep. this season, who will it be? We both have four different teams now, so no more getting anything the same. We'll see if any of us land on any of these correct, because you never know. But for me, I'm going to go with a bold prediction, which I know you got a bold prediction too. But on my call, I'm going to have the Cleveland Browns finally making it. I think they can do it. And then they're going to play, I think, the Buccaneers again, because I think they're going to end up in a much better spot in the playoffs. And I am so sick and tired of betting against Brady, and I give up. And I get it's Brady's teams and not Brady, whatever. Brady's team still win no matter what. So I still have them going there. Now I do think the Browns will win, though. I think the Browns can pull it off against them. I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice in that Super Bowl. And I think they may pull it off in the way sort of Philly did. It's just sort of a crazy, wild, fun game. I hate that I'm doing this. It feels like a jinx moment. (laughs) You Um, are jinxing it. I'm convinced you are. (laughs) But look, here's why I don't think I'm jinxing it. I have been the most pessimistic Titans fan on earth for the last 10 years. Even when we went to the AFC championship, I was thinking, you know, I live and die by every single play. And Mike Vrabel goes back and forth between like a God and a terrible head coach uh, (laughs) by the play. (laughs) Um, I, I'm always critical and always skeptical of the moves that our GM John Robinson makes. And the Titans continue under this regime to prove my pessimism wrong. And now Julio Jones is on the football team. And the Titans are going to the Super Bowl this year. Can you have a defense to stop teams like the Chiefs and the Browns? That's the question. Yes, because you don't have to stop them. You just have to slow them down enough to get Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones on the field together at the same time. You don't need to stop them. You just need to slow them down. I got the Titans, and then I got them playing the Packers. Uh, We talked about the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. He went on a revenge tour just because they drafted a quarterback last year um, and then won MVP. Uh, They didn't trade him this offseason. He hates the front office, and I think he's going to channel all of that energy into a Packers Super Bowl run. And people forget they were a Matt LaFleur terrible call away, um, I believe, from making the Super Bowl last year. So, oh, wow. Versus Packers. Um. Okay, uh, just sorry, totally random note. Um, I just wanted to tell you that this is now confirmed. Um, totally separate note, but on the NFL, Gus Edwards has torn his ACL. <sighs> yep. At least they fear it seems that that's going to happen. I don't think it's medically 100% confirmed, but it said it's pretty much, yeah, they had to stop practice. Uh, also, uh, quarterback Marcus Peters may have also had the same knee injury. But they're less certain about that. But they both well, may be out. Uh, Ravens under the uh, ride. Wow, that's a humongous bummer for my fantasy team to start the show. 
J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards have all either torn their ACL or Achilles in the last two weeks. So I'm on my That's phone unbelievable. right now uh, looking for Le'Veon Bell, who I believe signed with the Ravens the other day. Like, that is absolutely wild. That's – oh, my goodness. And that is just horrible to hear. I mean, I, I just obviously hate stuff like any of that happening, but it's – um. That that's really terrible to hear. Mm. So sorry to end it on uh, at least that that note, but I just saw that happen. Uh, that happened like a minute ago. Um, so that's wow. That's really that's really tough. Well, goodbye, Gus Edwards. You were fun for a week before the before the season started. I wonder so. should I? I guess Hello, I should drop him for. I mean, I have Wayne Gallman and Zach Ertz on my team, but I feel like are less useful. Hmm. Oh, that's terrible. I hate that. Yeah, so sorry to end on unfortunate news. I hate to see things like that. Obviously, we never want players that are um, big time like that to be hurt in any way, shape, or form. Uh, those kind of things are always, always terrible news. Um, so at least if you're looking on fantasy right now, uh, Tyson Williams seems to be the next guy up for, uh, Baltimore. I just picked him up. I just picked him up as well. So that's why if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you are on the live, if you are listening to this live, which I think there are a couple people that are still on it right now. Um, if you're listening to this live, then you should pick him up right now with Mark Ingram leaving for the Texans, of course, already left. Um, there is also justice Hill. Um, is still in there, but nope. oh no, he didn't he get hurt? He got hurt. So yeah, Justice Hill is out. Um, I know Bell is still in, but I don't. I mean, I obviously don't really trust a lot with him. But um, and he's also not picked up. He's not on the way anyway. And again, it's also him. So uh, not particularly Tyson confident Williams, in that. But Tyson Williams, love, love to love to see that. We're we're <sighs> believers this year in uh in Mr. Williams. But this has gone uh, over uh two hours at this point, which means it is time to wrap up. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Uh please keep track of our picks for us. We would love uh to hear from you throughout the year as you roast our hot takes um or you know maybe agree with us to a certain extent. Uh, in the unlikely event that you actually agree with us. So <laughs> once again, thanks so much for listening. And for now, I am Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace, Peace out, out y'all. Paul.